Hello, Cryptonauts. Today we are recording for December 2nd, 2020. On today's episode of Cryptocurrency Chat, we're going to talk about the top 10 daily stats as well as your crypto news of the day. I am your host, Blockchain John. Cryptonauts, first reminder, we do have a Discord channel available for cryptocurrency chat in which I will leave a link in the description below. If you're interested in collaborating with me or becoming a sponsor, you can reach out to me through that Discord app or through the Anchor app. With that said, let's get started with your top 10 daily stats. Starting off with Bitcoin, settling at $41,408.85 with a 3.6% gain. Second place, we have Ethereum, settling at $1,334.69 with a 12.3% gain. Third place, USDT, settling at $1.02 with a 0.5% gain. Fourth place, XRP, settling at $0.33 with a 8.5% gain. Fifth place, Litecoin, settling at $185.17 with a 9.8% gain. Sixth place, Bitcoin Cash, settling at uh, $571.92 with a 33.6% gain. Wow. Seventh place, we have Cardano, settling at $0.33 with with an 11.2% gain. Eighth place, Polkadot, settling at $9.92 with a 8.6% gain. Ninth place, Chainlink, settling at $18.01 with a 19.1% gain. And tenth place, we have Stellar, settling at $0.31 cents with an 11.2% gain. All right, Cryptonauts, that is your top 10 daily stats. We're in the, all in the green, completely green. That's awesome. Your overall total market cap is at 1.1. Oh, jeez, that's great. 1.1 trillion dollars, up by 5.2%. All right, cryptonauts, let's get started with your crypto news of the day. Alright, Cryptonauts, next reminder, we are using Decrypt.co to get our daily news as well as CoinGecko.com to get our daily stats. Make sure you collect your daily candies. Actually, I need to do that right now. That's a good reminder. Yes, yes, yes. There you go. Collect 100 candies. Alright, thank you. Alright, first news coming in from Matt Husey. Investors and critics trade blows over cause of Bitcoin correction. Bitcoin was at it again last night. No sooner had it surpassed the all-time high, the price came tumbling back down. The price of Bitcoin, which had hit an all-time high of $19,816, plummeted to $18,543. Then it recovered to $19,364 before tumbling again and settling at over $19,000 at the time of this writing. Who is to blame? Well, that depends on who you're asking. Peter Schiff, CEO of Euro Pacific Bank, and longtime critics said it was all Grayscale's trust fault. <laughs> In a Twitter thread posted yesterday, Schiff and Grayscale had been pumping Bitcoin by taking out ads on US TV network CNBC to attract people to funds GBTC shares. All right. Sure, sure, sure. It's Grayscale's fault. Mm-hmm. Sure. I don't know about that. Next news, written by Liam Frost. A crypto exchange's email mistakes uh, mistake leaked data of 270,000 users. 
Australian cryptocurrency exchange BTC Markets, which claims to be the largest in the country, has leaked names and email addresses of over 270,000 of its customers via marketing campaign. Business Insider Australia reported today. BTC market Markets Tether listing and Spark token update. What the heck? On Tuesday, the exchange began sending out emails to users announcing that, that the list of Tether, Stablecoin, and the support for Spark airdropped. However, instead of sending sending each email individually or using blind copy carbon, uh, BTC Markets sent out its update to whole batches of users at a time, adding 1,000 addresses for each message. As a result, each user that received the exchange's emails could also easily see the addresses and names of 999 <laughs> receivers to the no come on really that's all bad that's bad you don't do that uh, wah 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 ah oh, jeez alright Hot's next news written by Sharyuba Malwa CEO of 7 trillion dollar fund sees bitcoin as global market asset Larry Fink, CEO of asset management firm BlackRock, said in a speech at a nonprofit body council of foreign relations earlier this week that Bitcoin had caught the attention and imagination of many people and was poised to grow in, at an asset class. The comments came as Bitcoin broke just above its all-time high of nearly $19,800 and several crypto exchanges yesterday before tumbling to back down under $19,000. It has crawled back out of the line uh, but has lost some momentum. Fink noted that Bitcoin remains a niche market with a massive potential for upside, still untested, pretty small market relative to other markets, he said. He pointed out the asset's infamous volatility when Bitcoin fell $900 in minutes just yesterday, but noted there was potential for upside in a thin market. Can it evolve into a global market? Possibly, Fink stated. Well, come on, come on, Mr. Fink. Come on. Possibly? Really? Possibly? Anyways, next news written by Jason Nelson. CoinLinked lets users shop anywhere online with crypto and DeFi tokens. CoinLinked, a blockchain-based social network and cryptocurrency platform, unveiled a new feature today that lets people shop at their favorite retailer. Any online retailer uses stablecoins and DeFi tokens. Though, though other platforms facilitating using crypto for retail purchases at select e-stores, CoinLinked claims that it's the first platform and app to allow users to buy any product from any website all over the world using cryptocurrency. CoinLinked founder Jenny Kuta told Decrypt. The company which launched in Irvine, California in May typically charges a $190 monthly fee which is being waived through the holiday season, Ta said. Transaction fees ranging from 15 to 30 percent of the purchase order total, depending on the item purchased, the buyer's location, and the cryptocurrency used. Our goal has always been to help facilitate broader access to essential goods and services for crypto holders everywhere, simplifying the process of using their digital assets and playing a key role in moving blockchain-based e-commerce into the mainstream. Said Ta. All right, nice. It's a good thing. I like it. Love it. Next news, written by Shayua Malwa. XRP sees 1,000% growth in trading volume on eToro. XRP trading volumes increased by over 1,151% at social, tra social trading platforms eToro in November. The firm said in a release shared with Decrypt, a metrics 
uh, made XRP the second most traded cryptocurrency on the on the popular app. As of earlier, altcoins XRP remains familiar to most investors and observers in the crypto market ahead of its niche and new markets like DeFi. This coupled with Bitcoin's ever increasing price in the past few months has created an environment for investors to take bigger bets on altcoins. The growth came amidst the uh, a broader run along altcoins and the search for the next top gainers. Quote, altcoins are making waves as investors look at alternative crypto assets to di diversify and make make gains elsewhere, said eToro Markets analyst Simon Peters. Alright. With that said, let's move on over to the next. Here we go. The next one, written by Liam Frost. Ethereum, Ethereum token for virtual racetrack sells for $223,000. A share in, in a virtual racetrack in a blockchain based game has been auctioned off for over 9 million rev tokens, roughly $223,000. The game is an F1 Delta Time developed by Animonica Brands and a specific piece of track from the Circuit de, de Monaco. Uh, the shares was sold in the form of a non-fungible token, the company revealed today. Congratulations to the new owner of this history in making. Uh, written by F1 Delta Time. The winner has uh, the winner of the auction paid 9,081,752 and Monica's rep tokens currently worth 375.56 ETH or about $223,000 potentially making it the biggest NFT purchase to date. Wow, that's that's crazy that's amazing how nfts are so valuable and if you know if you understand what the technology is behind nfts then you understand why it's so valuable and why i highly recommend if, if you're a programmer why i highly recommend that you you instantly right now start developing nfts because that's where it's at that's where the money's at so if, if you're good at programming get your butt into nfts all right, next news written by Scott Chiplina. DeFi Platforms 1inch secures $12 million funding round. Decentralized price aggregator 1inch has raised $12 million in a funding round, which will be used to expand 1inch's decentralized finance product. The growth of DeFi, a moment to create decentralized financial applications, has been one of the hallmarks developed develops, uh, developments in the crypto this year. The DeFi industry booming uh, over the summer and is now collectively worth over, over $15 billion. Now, one inch, which surpassed $6 million in overall volume in just one year, is set to expand even further. Quote, the recently secure, secured funding comes in extremely, extremely handy. We'll use the funds to expand geographically and support extra markets activity in new regions such as Asia, Pacific region, uh, Serge Kuntz, One Inch co-founder and CEO told Decrypt. Not only does the One Inch team expect to expand ge geographically, but the recent funding is expected to help facilitate the growth of the team itself. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Love it. Alright. Cool. Next news. Written by Scott Chipolina. PayPal CEO is very bullish on digital currencies of all kinds. PayPal CEO Dan Shulman said he is very bullish on all kinds of cryptocurrencies today during a Web Summit event today. PayPal has generated some of the biggest headlines in the crypto space this year. On November 12, 2020, the payments giant announced that, the, that, that all US users would be able to start trading Bitcoin on the platform. 
not even one month later and the Mizuku security survey shows that almost one in five PayPal users were already buying Bitcoin on the PayPal app and Showman is confident that the company is right on track. Quote, I think that if you can create a financial system, a new and modern, <clears throat> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, hold on. All right. All right. Let's try that again. Quote, I think that if you can create a financial system, a new and modern technology that is faster, that is less expensive, more efficient, that's good for bringing more people into the system for inclusion, to help drive down costs, to help drive financial health for so many people, Shulman said, adding, over the long run, I'm very bullish on digital currencies of all kinds. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So far, it sounds good. I mean, everyone's in, in the positive here. Next news, written by Scott Cipollina. Visa makes move to closely integrate Circle's USD coin. Visa today announced a partnership with Circle Internet finan uh, Financial and will be integrating its dollar-backed stablecoin, US dollar coin, according to Forbes. Stablecoins, which has long been considered an effective on-ramp to the wider cryptocurrency world, Visa has now taken a major step in the growth of the stablecoins market, as credit cards issuers will be able to send and receive USDC payments. Visa will not provide custodial service for the digital uh, currency itself, but rather work with Circle itself to select credit card issuers that will begin integrating USDC into their platform. Further down the line, it hopes to offer a corporate card that lets users spend USDC. Mm, you know, well, then what's the point? Uh, this is my my side note. What's the point if you're not going to allow some kind of custodial holdings for for the users? Then then what's the point? What's the difference from a USD coin uh, and 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 just fiat in general? I mean, they're they're both fairly stable, right? I'm assuming they're both fairly stable. They kind of settle at one dollar. Uh, I mean, what's the difference? That that's, it's, it sounds actually really dumb. Why even try it? Now, if you're going to say uh, that Visa wants to go ahead and use some other type of altcoin, like, for example, like Dogecoin, just randomly saying Dogecoin or Ethereum, you know, um, then, okay, cool. Th then, obviously, there's some kind of change in and i don't know I don't, visa probably won't like that that's why they're sticking with stable coins but the, the, what's what's the point to stay with fiat if that's what you're going to do and you're not going to release the 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 custody to uh to the users to the customers then what's the point i mean if they're going to do that i i would highly support that support it if if visa says you know what we're going to support usd coin on our platform but also allow our customers to be the full custodials uh full custodians of these cryptos i would love that I would love that. I would love that. I would love that. Because that allows me as a customer to be able to withdraw my USD coins out of Visa and put it into, for example, the Celsius Network and earn 10%, 10.5% interest. All right. Tell me anywhere, anywhere in the world where you can earn 10.5% interest on your crypto, on your fiat crypto, on your, on your, 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 your stable coin crypto. Love it. All right. I would support that. Anyways, next news written by Liam Frost. Lawyers claim $600,000 of fees are unpaid in crypto capital case. Last week, the lawyers of was Reginald Reginald Fowler, a businessman from Arizona, indicted by U.S. prosecutors for his alleged embroilment in a massive quote shadow banking crypto operation 
filed a motion to withdraw from the case. In a supplement letter to the court published yesterday, the law firm Hogan Lovells finally explained why. It turns out that Fowler, Fowler owes around $600,000 for their services and has kept feeding them empty promises about payments for over two years, the lawyer alleged. The lawyers alleged the case against Fowler. As Decrypt reported previously, Fowler, investor in the Minnesota Vikings and U.S. football entrepreneurs, was charged for his alleged connection to a massive money laundering scheme on April 30th, 2019. According to U.S. Attorney from the Southern District of New York, Fowler is the CEO of Global Trading Solutions, LLC. This is one of the suspected shell companies that has tried to crypto capital a Panama-based shadow bank allegedly responsible for facilitating unregulated transactions worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Notably, one of the crypto capital's clients was Bitfinex, a Hong Kong-based crypto exchange that has allegedly concealed an $800 million shortage in its reserves. Bitfinex later claimed that crypto capital defrauded it. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Next news, written by Tim Copeland. The real reason why you shouldn't spend Bitcoin. Dan Held growth at crypto exchange Kraken tweeted November 23rd why would anyone want to spend their crypto the next day he said don't spend it hodl trust me you'll regret it (laughs) but this is all quite perplexing what is the point Bitcoin if it's not used to buy anything or or sell anything why solve the double spending problem if you're not going to spend it and worse if Bitcoin isn't used for anything then are the critics right that it's simply a bubble with everyone hoping to sell to a greater fool at a higher price? Surely not. So Decrypt sat down virtually, of course, with Held uh, pinning him to this very topic. And it turns out that it's much more complicated. Of course. Of course. Of course. It wouldn't be so complicated if you read Satoshi's white paper. I'm just telling you, no. If you're listening to this podcast, I highly recommend that you just go online, just type up Satoshi's white paper, read that, understand what blockchain technology is, and that will help answer this question and, and you'll become an, an enlightened cryptonaut. All right. So continuing, uh, whose problem is Bitcoin solving? Uh, quote, I think it's from a basic product perspective, Held said, when referring to Bitcoin payment from uh, Bitcoin for payment. When we build something, we all we all think about how it it solves a problem for customers. But Bitcoin doesn't solve a problem for the customer. It solves a problem for the business. Held is a uh, libertarian who became skeptical by the U.S. government's financial uh, acumen during the 2008 financial crisis when studying financial finance at Texas A&M University in 2011-2012. He discovered Bitcoin and saw it as a brilliant breakthrough at the monetary policy level, particularly its hard-coded supply of uh, 21 million Bitcoin. All right. Next news written by Robert Stevens. Grayscale splits Ethereum stocks worth $1.6 billion, making it cheaper to buy. Grayscale Investments today announced that it is splitting the stock of its Grayscale Ethereum trust, like likely to make it more affordable to retail investors priced out by the cryptocurrency market's boom. On December 14th, Grayscale will split the shares of its trust, which holds $1.6 billion of assets under management by 9 to 1. Anyone who currently owns shares in Grayscale will receive eight extra shares. This will collapse the price of each share, but makes no difference to the overall value of the fund. The Grayscale Ethereum Trust is the closest thing to Bitcoin exchange-traded funds. 
the, the fund which is listed on the stock market represents shares in a pool of private investors money which Grayscale had to use to buy Ethereum, the second largest cryptocurrency uh, by market cap. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Cool. I mean, that's... That's awesome. Ah, that's awesome. <laughs> Next news written by Robert Stevens. DeFi Auditor receives death threats over $12 million rug pull. Uh, another decentralized finance protocol bites the dust and its users who have collectively lost over $12 million are understandably upset. So upset, in fact, some have waged death threats against Solidity Labs, the company responsible for auditing the product and ensuring the code was safe. The downed DeFi protocol in question is Compounder, a decentralized finance protocol that shifts investors' money around uh, other DeFi protocols to ink out the best returns. The DeFi tool allegedly pull, uh, pulled the rug on its customers, looting $12.5 million worth of cryptocurrencies from its vaults. It's not an unfamiliar scenario in the wild west of DeFi. Its users, such as protocols, uh, many of which are used to lend out crypto or trade crypto on non-custodial exchanges, have become victims to such hacks, exploits, or outright scams on a nearly weekly basis. The thing is, unlike other DeFi protocols, Compounder's smart, con smart contracts are audited, meaning that an independent team has rooted around the code to ensure that everything was a-okay. Audited smart contracts are the gold standard in DeFi, independent verification so that the code does what developers claim, as well as a laundry list of vulnerabilities. So how did the Compounder's developers still pull the wool over everyone's eyes? They didn't. The auditors, Solidity Labs, has disclosed that the flaw in, in, in its audit on November 19th, quote, the audit report was highlighted the compounder's team ability to update the pools, uh, the pools through the time locked, time lock all through one address. A spokesperson from Solidity Labs told Decrypt. Put another way, Compounders developers have drained the protocol's wallets by replacing their asset pools uh, with contracts that remove the restrictions from the withdrawal function. Months ago, they had inserted this code into several Compounders smart code base by swapping the audited code for malicious evil strategy contracts. They could do this by a 24-hour time lock if someone caught them in the act. They could raise, raise it to the community, but nobody was watching and the rug pool managed to execute their code. Ooh, that's just teeth grinding because everybody was. No, no. This stuff just happens way too quick that it doesn't give anybody, uh, any of the innocent people, enough time to actually look at the code and truly, truly figure it out. At, at first, from what, I, from what I'm reading, at first it looks like everything was a okay, everything was fine, no worries, the code looks legit. And as time went on, um, somebody inserted the code instantly. Boom! There it is. Rug pull. That's just it. Just happens that quick. Um, unfortunately, but that's how it happens in crypto. Be very careful with where you put your monies. Not your keys. Not your coins. Don't ever forget that. Next news, written by Robert Stevens. Bitcoin on Ethereum falls by 120 million dollars in just two weeks. The amount of Bitcoin locked up on the Ethereum is one of the is on the decline as traders withdraw their Bitcoin from Ethereum uh, DeFi smart contracts and sell it on the open market. In the past 12 days, the amount of Bitcoin on Ethereum has declined from 153,591 to uh, on November 20th to 147,350 today, a decline of 640, 421 
or about $120 million just when Bitcoin started its upward journey to surpass its previous all-time high. Bitcoin reaches Ethereum uh, by the way of synthetics representation. You can buy a Bitcoin, plug it into a decentralized finance smart contract, and bing, out pops an Ethereum token that represents that Bitcoin. The number of Bitcoins on Ethereum ramped up this year when Ethereum's decentralized finance boom came into full swing in July. Traders could earn lucrative returns from investigating its lending protocols and decentralized exchange. Alright, next news, written by Matthew DeSalvo. You can now track Ethereum's whales on USOP with this app. The DeFi wor world moves notoriously fast. Few can keep track of all the new tokens and their tr transactions volumes 24-7, but a new app for tracking whales on Ethereum is hoping to make it easier. UniWhales, launched in September, notifies subscribers about the latest big transactions on decentralized exchange Uniswap via Telegram alerts. It keeps track of all new ERC-20 tokens that, that spring into existence and their trading volumes on leading decks. Why would, why would you want to know? Because things move fast and innovations happens at breakneck speeds in the DeFi world. Announcements are constant. Prices change in a matter of seconds, and hacks are becoming more common. UniWhales uni, uh, uni founders, who goes by the name of Timur, told Decrypt, quote, I think it's important for retailers and users and Uniswap traders to know in real time where the capital flows in order to identify the, the trends and the market momentum. Okay. Next news. Written by Will Gutzingen. Bank of Canada may be accelerating digital currency plans back in february timothy lane a deputy governor of the bank of canada stressed that canada has no need for a state-backed digital currency but that it would develop one anyways should the need arise now lane has suggested that the need may be arising sooner than the bank expected <laughs> well, quote why don't <laughs> while we don't know what the future may bring, said Lane at a fintech conference in February, we need to move forward to work out what a potential CBDC might look like and how to and how it could be managed if decisions were ever taken to issue one. At that conference, he outlined two scenarios that could potentially prompt Canada's governments to issue CBDC they've been workshopping. The first has to do with physical cash being phased out of Canada's society, creating a new kind of economic disparity. And the, and the second involves cryptocurrencies becoming too popular, creating privacy concerns or otherwise threatening Canada's national currency. Economic researchers from the New York Federal Reserve have supported this idea that CBDCs would be a more private alternative to big tech controlled digital currencies like Libra. All right. Well, there you go. They basically governments just want to know your every transaction that's why a lot of a lot of uh, uh freedom fighters are more or less trying to get into um this uh, crypto more privacy enabled cryptos like like monero monero is one of those one of those coins out there that that people are moving to because it's it's highly private you can make that exchange but you can't trace it back to it to its origins so there you go next news written by jeff benson New congress congressional bill seeks to regulate stablecoins. Yeah. All right. A trio of Democratic lawmakers has introduced a bill that would regulate stablecoins, including Facebook's DM, formerly Libra, Congresswoman Ra Rashida Talib, along with Reps Jesus Choi Garcia, the Reps, uh, the Reps Stephen Lynch, 
announced that the Stablecoin Tethering and Bank Licensing Enforcement Stable Act. <clears throat> the Stable Act, as written, would require stablecoin issuers to have a banking charter and earn regulatory approval from the Federal Reserve, the FDIC, and other and other agencies before issuing that coin. They must also be FDIC insured or maintain an equivalent number of dollars at the Federal Reserve. That's a high thresh threshold to meet. Even the so-called crypto banks that have earned bank charters in Wyoming, Kraken Financial, and Avanti are going through state-level processes that aren't regulated by the Office of the Comptrollers of the Currency and a national banks are. are. Moreover, the FDIC doesn't currently allow for insurance on crypto assets. While the press release notes that the COVID-19 pandemic has exposed numerous barriers to accessing and utilizing mainstream financial institutions, the authors are clear that they don't want bad actors flooding, flooding it to take advantage of low and middle income Americans. It specifically name, uh, name checks shadow banking, financial firms that aren't regulated as banks but can issue loans and other products. Mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> next news written by Liam Frost. Trading views reveals time uh, timelines feature. Popular chartering platform TradingView has revealed a new feature today, dubbed timelines, that should help its users to better understand the companies they are interested in, interested in, according to a press release. Quote, unless you're following in, uh, industry industry news on the daily uh, on the daily business, there's no easy way to quickly get to grips with the company's long history and operations. Right now, you have a way you have to wade through the encyclopedic entries and then try to cross-reference everything," said James Madison, head of TradingView UK, adding, "Timelines changes this by letting you scan across years of the company's history in a blink of an eye." Madison explained that the timelines will allow allow users to quickly pinpoint major events in a company's his history that lets a, that led to significant movements of shares and stock prices. This information should help investors in building their strategies and present a way to better understand the company's and its performance over time. All right, cool. All right, last news of the day, written by Jeff Benson. Crypto industry votes no to stablecoin bill in Congress. It's the dying days of the 116th Congress, which ends on January 3rd, 2021. Any bill that <laughs> that haven't become law by then will die with it. But that's still plenty of time to kick the hornet's nest that is crypto Twitter. Today, Congress, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib announced that the stable, uh, Stablecoin's Tethering Banking License and Enforcement Act, which is co-responsible uh, by representing Jesus Choi Garcia, Representative Steve Lynch, the proposed bill, which has almost no shot at becoming law, riled up cryptocurrencies enthusiasts on Wednesday night. That's because the bill, which takes direct aim at stablecoin companies such as Twitter, as well as the SC Curious Facebook, would require any company issuing a stablecoin to have a banking charter and be approved by the Federal Reserve and FDIC. No small feat for digital asset firms. Stablecoins are a type of cryptocurrencies whose value is pegged to another asset, often the US dollar. Democrats are going to turn me into a Republican at this rate, wrote Mark Dudas. The bill is ostensibly written to protect lower and moderate income, <coughs> income consumers who have found themselves locked out of the traditional banking sector. Uh, 
Talib et al. are repressing the case for regulations that prevents cryptocurrency companies from adopting the bad habits of big banks and further margin marginalized vulnerable populations. Jerry Allaire, CEO of Circle, which issues the USD stable, USDC stablecoins, played up innovations that has come from outside traditional banking. The Stable Act would represent a huge step backwards for digital currencies innovations in the United States, limiting the acceleration progress of both the blockchain and fintech industry. For eight, an enormous amount of innovation brought to the underbanked and small businesses has been driven by non-banked fintech companies, Stripe, Square, PayPal, Circle, Coinbase, Apple, Google, and many others. Written by Jer uh, Jeremy Allaire. Scroll on down a bit. Let's see what is this. Uh, this is essentially an act to hold uh, SC issuers accountable for their reserves. No more printing money out of thin air. Proof of reserve is required to issue one-to-one -one SC to dollar. As an example, Tether and other SCs are done. That's liquidity. Uh, that liquidity will leave and flow into more liquid assets. Written crypto. Crypto mommy. With the US. With the U.S. likely headed towards another two years of divided governments, the bill may not be talked about much beyond this week. Instead, cryptocurrency users should expect government's version of stability, legislative, and regulatory gridlock with or without the coins. And with that, Cryptonauts, we are done for the day. With that said, there's a few uh, referral links I want you to check out. One of them being Coinbase, another one being Celsius Network. I love the Celsius Network. That's one of the best uh, platforms you can use to, to earn high, high compounded interest rate every single week. I love it. I love it. I love it. And on top of that, within, their, within the app, you can buy cryptos within it at the most affordable rates around. Check them out. I highly recommend them. And on top of that, I think if you... Uh, <clears throat> If you invest like $200, you get like $20 for, uh, worth of crypto for free. So check it out. With that said, CryptoNuts, I will catch you all on the next one. Adios.